Good afternoon and welcome to the Operate Intelligently podcast. I'm here with my host, Bob Papadou Bittner. Bob, how are you today? I'm doing great, Tony, and uh, missed you last time. Uh, you were out traveling, I guess, and uh, we missed you being here. Yeah, I was out on the road, but I'm glad to be back home. Uh, of course, the family is always glad to, to see me, and I'm glad to see them, so That's great. Uh, I'm excited to be back here. Well, welcome back, and uh, we're going to pick up today back where uh, we left off. We've got DK with us today again. And uh, we're going to jump back into where we left off and kind of take everybody to the next and, and kind of final stage of this, not to minimize that there's just two little things going on here, <laughs> two 20-minute uh, podcasts to make a, a successful idea uh, come to fruition. And we've really been talking about how do you take a concept of something that you want to do, some process that you want to improve on, and how do you implement that? Who do you get involved? What are the things? I believe that you were a, uh, a preacher somewhere in your other <laughs> life, maybe, uh, because you have all these threes for everything, three points for everything, Trinities. right? And uh, so, uh, you know, most preachers have these three-point sermons, and uh, you, I really get nervous sometimes when they've gone about 30 minutes and they've only been through two of them, yeah. and, and uh, then that last point's just kind of like a blah, 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 and it's over, right? But welcome back to the studio today, Good to DK. be back. I'll, I'll dust off my soapbox for you when I climb up uh, to, the, to the session. Hopefully the pews are filled. So uh, I do like things in threes, and so last time we, we talked about the three rules of threes. Technically, it was probably the four rules of threes because I always slip an extra set of threes in there somewhere. So <laughs> you're definitely going to see a pattern with that again today are, are the threes. So a lot of the threes we talked about last time were what I call the Sinek threes. It, it's really the why, what, and the how. Uh, it, it, when you're really looking at where an initiative comes in. We're going to delve into that a little bit more today. We also talked about uh, some some concepts you see in ITIL, which is people processes. They might say technology, I say people processes and tools. But I wanted to get down into a little bit deeper of some of the threes today, bring in Jim Collins. So many of you might be familiar with Jim Collins' Good to Great. Mm -hmm. Not everyone is familiar with his book, uh, Good to Great for the Social Sector, where it starts getting into when he wrote Good to Great, Many people said, well, we're a church, you know, we're not this public organization, you know, we're uh, a college or we're a nonprofit, we're different, we're different, we're different. I hear that all the time and I can tell you from the data, I can agree with Collins. It's not about the input, it's not about the output, it's really more along the lines of what is your culture what is your rigor what where are your focuses when it comes to making something successful so we're going to break down into what he calls the three success mechanisms and then how that rolls into building what's called a flywheel effect and and how some things come in with branding and keeping you on your focus your mission your vision your goals so i think too one of the things uh, i'll just highlight which is i think a lot of people are looking for a silver bullet right they want uh, a blueprint of how to be successful and one of the things that you just alluded to which is you know you have to adapt to your organization and what's important to the organization and be able to take these ideas and fit them within the the, the idea or the the umbrella of the organization that you're a part of mm -hmm. so I, I think that's a, an important piece to highlight uh, also when it comes to success um, how do you validate an idea that you have um, so, you know, you, you go through this list of things that you want to do, but how do you say this is really the path that we should go down? Right. So let's go into the first of the success mechanisms. 
what is the passion or, of the organization? Now, you can define that as mission, visions, and so on. We'll delve down a little bit more into that. But what is it that the organization is really all about? So we'll take Apple, for example. It wasn't about making a great processor. It was making an experience for people, simplifying things. Also, what can you be the best at? So what is it that your team, your department, your organization as a whole is really the best at doing? Then it gets into what drives your resource engine. So are you publicly funded? Do you get bonds? Do you get grants? Do you get private investments? Do you get a multitude? Do you get donations? What are some of those things that drive those? I think one of the things that you just brought up there is really what differentiates the different verticals that are using this process is what is their passion? What are they all about? On the back side of that, then, much of this looks alike, doesn't it, mm-hmm. uh, for different organizations right. and so forth. It's just really the passion of where they're going and what they want to get done. Yeah, and you can almost take a lot of the, especially the folks we work with, you can take a mission from someone and just replace probably a few keywords, mm-hmm. and it fits pretty ideally. Uh, a lot of our folks, they're focused on uh, safe, healthy, optimized working environment You know, for, for operations. It might be for communities in the cities. It might be for students in the buildings. It might be for uh, residents and senior living. It might be for patients in a healthcare facility. But a lot of those things are, are core values that many people will look at. And when I talk about success mechanisms, looking at the mission, the vision, the values, the goals, the strategies, the tactics, the results. You're going more than three now there. <laughs> yeah, but that's because people only look at, at confusing. They, they might limit themselves on the three, but those are all out there. Is The core three is your mission, the vision, and the values that you hold. All the other things, they get into what we were talking about last time, the, the, the what and the how. That's where goals come in is the goal and the vision are two different things. You're going to achieve goals that are supplementing the value and they're supplementing the vision. You've got strategies you're going to take along the way to achieve those goals. You've got tactics that are going to help with those strategies, but ultimately you've got to look at results. Do the results fit into the mission and the vision? Are they proving that that idea actually works? So you have to look at separating those items. So seven is the other one. So that's seven items. Mission, vision, values, goals, strategies, tactics, results. Am I doing my math right there? It's going to be seven. That supports the three. Um, You know, but really when you're talking about breaking down that next set of three, the mission, the vision, and the values, you've got to define what your culture is. You know, so we might say that, you know, we're rigorous, but we're not ruthless. You know, that's what I'll hear some people say when they're trying to look at their mission, their visions, and their their values in that case is we want to be rigorous. You know, we want to play to win. Uh, We want to be transparent. Those are things we value. We value service. Now, our mission might be that we want to provide this type of environment to accomplish this type of area. You know, so I actually was looking at uh, education earlier today, and one of the the missions that people had was to get their students not just graduated, but prepared for society. And different teams, different departments in that organization all play a role in that. So the mission of the entire organization should drive the mission of what the team is all about. 
that's one of the things that you have to look at. And when you're looking at your values, you know, it's to be like service. And your vision is, you know, we play a part of this. We see ourselves in this role to support the mission. So looking at your mission, vision, your values, when you're looking at your success mechanisms, you have to consider those missions, visions, values, how you're funded, because that's your wheelhouse. That's your true mission. If somebody comes up with an idea and it doesn't fit how you're funded and what's your mission, mi- mission, mi- yeah, vision, <laughs> new word, <laughs> mi- yeah, mission, vision, and values, you can say that is something we you want to do that, but we've got to put these other things first, or it's just a flat out no. There is no problem in saying no if you've got your mission and your vision and your values set. And I say even put those up in places that people can see them. So that way it keeps people on point every day. But also when you have an issue that someone says, we've got this idea or we've got this want, you can just point to that and say, does it fit into this? How does it fit into this? I think a key thing here too is all the organizations that we work with have finite resources. And so anything that you try to do outside of the mission is taking away from those finite resources. Mm -hmm. So making sure that everything is in alignment or it is something that falls in line with your mission is key to the success of the overall mission of the organization. Because once you step outside of that, you're spending resources on something that doesn't necessarily fall in line with your mission. Right, right. I think that's a great point, Tony. And and DK, what you've been talking about here is something that I keep preaching to our audience and when I get a chance to talk to facility managers is relate it back to what are you doing as an organization, the big organization. I'm helping people that are sick get better. I'm helping seniors that need a place to live that they can live someplace comfortably and safe. I'm helping uh, produce a product and get it out the door and convert all of the things that we do and the stories and the funding we want around that umbrella of what the mission, vision, and values of the company are. Exactly. And, And those things are really key elements that I don't think people have a full appreciation of that I think Collins really brought out was, so once you've got your wheelhouse set of what we're passionate about, how we're funded, what we're the best at, and you've got those things defined, there's this flywheel effect that starts happening where you really, and it doesn't matter what part you start at, but you know whether I'm a manufacturing organization or a college or a district or a senior living center or a YMCA, you want to attract believers because what believers are going to do is they're going to put attention, time, and hopefully money towards it. As you start building up strength, you start saying, okay, we're rolling out these processes, initiatives, these these upgrades, whatever it may be, to start building up some strength. And then when you show the results of that, you're saying, here's what we tried. You know, Deming would say you, you're basically, you want to plan and you want to do and you want to study what's happening. And we talk about a concept called APM. It's very similar to that where you're looking at what's happening and you're studying the results. And then you're gonna make that decision. This worked, we're gonna keep doing it. It sort of worked, let's tweak it, or it didn't work, we cut it, and we either succeed fast or we fail fast. Either way, we know what the result was. But hopefully, a lot of the successes are gonna build brand. 
everybody has brand. You have brand at the personal level, much less you have brand at the department level and you have brand at the organizational level. Everybody wants to to feel like they're proud of something. Nobody wants to go into work saying, you know what, I just want to work for a place that just beats me down on a daily basis. You DK, know? Uh, dive into that, just the, that word brand a little bit yeah. to describe it, because I think a lot of times our audience, that's an unfamiliar term to them. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I always used to um, talk to my folks about is that your work is your signature. Yes. I think it's kind of that same concept, it's your brand. But unpack that just a little bit, if you don't mind, uh, from from our being familiar with branding and so forth to, to yeah. our audience. Brand is more than a, a logo on a sign. That's a recognition. And really, when I think of brand is how does that elicit an emotion or a thought or some type of feeling about something? So my kid's four. She sees the Starbucks logo and she thinks cake pop. You know, so something just as simple as that. You think about some of the best brands out there. You know, Apple is is definitely an easily recognizable brand, but it's because it it brings out an emotion. Uh, You think about Coca-Cola. You think about all the branding they've done is they would have pictures of someone drinking a Coke and, and, you know, then they would have someone basically feeling good. So they were trying to elicit a feeling. And you have a brand that you want to say, well, what should our brand represent? When someone mentions my team, what do I want them to think? And that's where you want to have someone who really is, is saying, you know, they're doing a great job. They make me feel like this. It's They're not uh, leaving things unattended. I, I, I got a feeling that I can talk to those folks, that I understand they're, they're being good stewards and that they're here to help me. Those are things that really are about the brand. And the brand is related to the mission, the vision, and the values. Well, so that's a, that's a great point in that I think a lot of times our audience, which is primarily facility-related people, you know, if you're talking about brand, how do people feel about the folks, our folks that walk out into a facility? Mm-hmm. Are they going to get greeted with, I'm here to help you? Or are you going to get greeted with, Oh, it's you again yeah. making that complaint. Well, maybe even you mentioned a signature is how they do their work, and it's almost like the reputation, right? It is. Another way to, to boil it down. And let me tell you this, and the reason I mentioned personal brand a little while ago, everybody who is a face, a name, and a presence in that organization is a representation of the brand. As soon as someone sees any representation of you, they are what you think about that department. So everybody has to have a personal brand that builds a department brand, and that department brand builds the organizational brand. So there's your other set of threes: is is you've got your personal brand, your team brand, you know, and then you've got your organizational brand. So you want people to say, you know what, as a whole, you know, it's it's maybe not where I want it to be, but this person they do a great job. I say everybody, and even eating our own dog food, I say it internally, is everybody that works for us is part of sales and marketing and support. Everybody is part of that. And it's no different for anyone that's listening to this right now. You are a representation of what services do you bring to other people? How do you make them feel like they're getting what they need to get done? How do you sell your idea to make them better? And then how do you market yourself to make sure that they know they can come back to you and that you are a reliable source? I think one of the points you just made there about uh, being in, in sales, as I look back over my career as a facility director and manager, 
I never considered myself a salesperson, but as I look back and reflected back, most of my time was spent on selling ideas and concepts and improvements and motivation and all that. So sales really is a part of, of all of this. Yeah, I mean, and, a and really it. a lot of it is coming down to what I consider the true definition of marketing is you're trying to communicate value. Sales is, is an extension of that. You know, they might be putting more of a personal touch on it. Uh, but you're definitely looking to communicate value. And what you're selling is the vision. You know, that vision might be, I'm here to help you. That vision might be, try something new. But you're, you're trying to communicate value and you're trying to get someone to understand your frame of mind. Yeah, I often think about it in terms of education. Mm-hmm. So we're educating other people on why this is a good idea and why it's beneficial. Um, I know some people are resistant to the idea of everyone being in sales, but that really is what it is. So I decided to put a little twist on it, though. It's really you're educating your audience. I think this kind of gets back to our whole theme of, of these two podcasts is not only how do you put a process and develop a process uh, improvement, but how do you roll it out to an organization? You know, How do you bring people along with you and how do you engage them? Because we could come up with the greatest solution, but if nobody else was engaged with it or wanted it or needed it or used it, it's, it's not worth it. You've got to have your mindset set before you can change other people's minds. That, that's the key thing that I really want people to understand first is that 20% extra planning is going to save 60% extra headaches down the road. Uh, communication is going to be the next phase of that is how do we start communicating with people, getting our, our idea across. And when you're talking about supporting the mission, the vision, the values, hopefully that's something you're including in that to say this is what's going to help not just you for for this idea, but how it helps everyone for this idea to achieve what it is as we as an entire organization are trying to achieve, whether it's produce the greatest new widget or produce the next generation of leaders, you know, it doesn't matter, is we've got to make sure it's our mission, our vision, our values, you know, our goals, how these strategies are all going to tie in. Uh, DK, I know a lot of times when we lay these things out in, in threes and so forth, it, it almost sounds too easy, you know. You do one step, one, two, three, and then you move on to step one, two, three, and it's done. Uh, it's hard work, right? When you want to change a process, when you want to introduce something new to the organization, it typically does not come easy. It typically comes with maybe heated discussions. Right. It may come with some hurt feelings. It may come with some lack of understanding. You know, there's this whole shift in mentality. Talk to us a little bit about the sweat <laughs> that goes along with, you know, changing a process, introducing something new to the organization. Yeah, you're going to have sweat. If it's worth it, it's worth fighting for too. So you've got to make sure that you understand there are going to be detractors. There's going to be people that don't understand. And why I've been harping on these things in the beginning before an idea is even rolled out is because if you can convince yourself and you can get your messaging down, you can get the mindset down, then that's going to help bring other people along. If you just throw something on the table, you don't know what's going to happen. And you're going to have naysayers and everything. But hopefully it's going to be the 80-20 rule that 20% of people buy in immediately and fight for you, 20% naysay, and the other 60% can be swayed. You're going to have to put in effort on it anyway. If it's going to be really worth it, it's going to be effort. But I can tell you this, if you can't manage change, someone will change what you manage. 
that that's one of the key phrases I've always heard over time is you've got to be able to adapt and adjust if, if you're going to move on in the organization, the organization is going to move on on its own. Well, the other thing, too, is uh, it's never done, right? It's a constant, it's, it's an evolution. Right. And it is constantly, uh, you're constantly iterating on the idea and improving it and driving that change. Because to your point, it's constant. Um, so your idea will grow and will drive the organization forward, which is ultimately the goal anyways. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why Collins calls it a flywheel. Because once the momentum is going then it's it's easier to keep it going. Now, things can derail it, but it's easier to keep it going. So when you're attracting your believers, then you build strength. When you show that that strength has results, then you build your brand. That attracts more believers to invest, builds more strength, and then gets more results, build that brand a little bit deeper. So that's the key thing is that it is a constant evolution. You're never, ever going to stop. And, and there's nothing wrong with that because you want to get a little better every day, every day, every day. Some things are going to be bigger in nature right. and affect more people. Some are going to be smaller and affect fewer people. But we can expect a continual change mm-hmm. and honing and understanding that process. And I like the, the, the thought you introduced a, little, a moment ago about, you know, if, if you're not willing to change, you're probably going to be the one that gets changed. Right. With somebody that does because all these things every organization that we work with today every market space that we work with today is evolving and has new challenges today that they didn't have five or ten years ago and uh, so you know thank you for being here and, and helping us uh, and helping our audience understand some of these challenges that we have and where we go to uh, next and I, I know that uh, probably sometime in the, in the near future you're going to do a, a webcast on this subject that will push out to people because it is something that most of us haven't been trained in and most of us are fearful of but it's really even though it's work it's not as dangerous as we might think right. yeah I would say that. I think it's noble work too especially if our intent is to improve you know we talked about the mission of these all these different organizations that we work with. And I think that, uh, you know, as, as Ed has put it, put it before, it's a noble mission. I think across the board, a lot of the organizations, if not all the organizations we work with, have noble missions. And so the idea that I can contribute to change and improvement and impacting other people's lives in a positive way is, is something that I think is definitely worth putting in the effort, the time, uh, and, again, the, the hard work that it's going to take to, to make that change. DK, thank you for uh, your insight. Absolutely. Uh, you're putting this together for us and sharing it with our audience. And I would just like to leave our audience with, with this thought, is that through all of this, keep an open mind. If you develop a new process and somebody has a value to add to it that you hadn't thought about it, give them credit for it, understand it, evaluate it, look at it, and, and be willing to change a little bit and, and move forward. So we want to thank our audience for being with us. And, uh, you know, we, we're here to support you. If there's things that we can do, uh, information that we can provide to you, insights that we can provide to you as you want to change processes and build and do things differently, uh, that's part of our mission here at The Dude to help our clients and our listeners uh, to accomplish that. So thanks, uh, folks, for being with us today. And uh, we'll look forward to you on our next podcast. Until next time. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Operate Intelligently podcast. 
Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, and you can even email us at dspodcast at dudesolutions.com. 